your Dyna's all fucked up, Mike, on your microphone. No, it's not. <laughs> it's already crashed already. Reggie sent me the Instagram video of the guy that was riding on the Dyna on the freeway, you know, and he gets a real bad head shake and goes down and the bike spins out and he had a short sleeve shirt on. And Man, I, I don't like, want to see that. Uh, I mean, you know, if you're tough and got tattoos, I mean, you know, those tattoos will protect you in the and, and no helmet. That'll protect you in the event yeah. of an accident on a diner. And if you're wearing flip flops, it always helps too. Oh, yeah. 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 That way yeah. you can run out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a duck. Like a duck. You can shed them and get a good toehold and run out of it. <laughs> you just break like Fred Flintstone. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Five Dirty Bikers Podcast. Hey, Dustin. Hey, Mike. Who's this fellow we have in front of us on the on the corn pewter tonight? The corn <laughs> Well, everybody, welcome back to the Five Dirty Bikers podcast. Today, we have another special guest. We have Jared Weems from Weems Motorcycle Shop out of Tampa, Florida. Jared, thank you for joining us on the podcast this week. Thanks for having us. I'm looking forward to it. No problem. It's a pleasure to have you. Now, um, for our audience that may not know who you are or, or have heard of you, could you go ahead and just give us a little bit of background about what you do and basically your, how you got into motorcycles? Sure, man. Uh, so I basically work on anything old British motorcycles, whether it's Triumphs, BSAs, Nortons. I haven't had the honor or privilege of working on some of the more cooler brands like AGS, Vincent, or Ariel. But, you know, it's uh, my passion falls in the British bikes. And it started uh, when I was a little kid, about seven years old. My dad had a 49 Triumph. And uh, while he was at work, uh, I thought it was a great idea to take his tools and start taking his motorcycle apart. So that's what got me started. <laughs> Best way to do it. Probably got you in trouble too. <laughs> not if you can put it back together. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, my uh, I did not get the chance to put it back together. My dad came home. My dad, uh, my brother says he remembers me fondly making a hightail out of the house as quickly as possible. <laughs> he gone. The, the Triumph was featured in the greatest war movie ever, wasn't it? The Great Escape with Mr. Yes. Steve McQueen. Yes. yes, sir. Yes, sir, it was. <laughs> it was also in that, what was that damn show? Uh, it's on AMC. Ah, fuck. The Walking Norman Dead. Reed, the Norman, the Norman oh, Reedus. Yeah. The yeah, Walking Norman, Dead, yeah. Yeah, Norman Reed wrote, a, I think it was a 68. Yeah. Super cool. But, you know, you got everybody always forgets Marlon Brando in The Wild One, one of the original movies from 1953. He was riding a 1950 Triumph in that movie. There's a lot of people that thought he would wrote a Harley Davidson in that movie, but they were wrong. They, were, wrong. they are completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Tell everybody a little bit about this bike that you built and what you're doing with it and, and where all that's going, because th- that's really the, the most amazing part of this story. I mean, your, your, your life and, and your history is amazing, but what you're doing with this, with this bike that you built is nothing less than fantastic. Well, appreciate it guys. I, I definitely do. Uh, so about a year ago, well, it's coming up on a year ago, Mike uh, Davis from Born Free had put out saying that he's going to do a Triumph pre-unit only class at Born Free. And 
I had just gone through a lot of uh, uh, health issues at a brain tumor and diagnosed with epilepsy and pretty much uh, was looking at getting back into motorcycles. And that kind of gave me the opportunity to do so. And uh, so I had been given this old uh, Triumph motorcycle, a 1952 Triumph Speed Twin from a friend of mine that was in the military with me. His dad passed away and the family uh, gifted me this bike because they knew I uh, worked on Triumphs and kind of started a process saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build a bike for born free and try to figure out what I was going to build. And through the midst of it, um, a good friend of mine that lives pretty near to me is an old gray bearded biker guy named uh, Mike, goes by the nickname Mouse. He had given me this old David Mann uh, centerfold from a uh, magazine. And uh, I was noticing in the picture that it had a Triumph pre-unit. And I said, you know what, I'm going to build that motorcycle. And so I went to um, painstaking details of my CD-ness of making it meticulously exactly like the at it in the uh, in the painting man and it's 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 been a labor of love it's been it's been a wonderful time man so i've i built a bike for for born free and uh, about 75% through the process i was realizing the motorcycle was getting a lot of traction in the motorcycle community a lot of people were paying attention to the build and what was going on and um, the whole idea from the get go was to build the motorcycle and sell it uh, to pay uh, for what all I invested in it. Had the opportunity to meet up with this local organization called Forgotten Angels. And Forgotten Angels, uh, what they do is they bring in these kids who have aged out of the foster care system. And what that basically means is a kid had been adopted by the time that they're 18. Um, the state no longer pays for that kid's well-being. So if there's a foster family taking care of that kid, when they turn 18, they move out or they stop getting paid and they move out. You know, the family's sad enough or, you know, kicking these kids out on the streets with no life skills, no jobs, no cars, no nothing. And so what Forgotten Angels does is they scoop these kids up. Some of them, they bring them in right off the streets living homeless. And sometimes in, in, the, in the good events, and if you can say that there's a good light in this, some of these kids know that when they turn 18, the families have already said, when you turn 18, you're leaving. And so they've made the opportunity to go to Forgotten Angels, told me this story about this kid that just came in. And when he turned 17, his foster parents said, you're out of here at 18 because we're not getting money for you anymore. So this kid on his 17th birthday knew that he had a year left in that home. And he knew that on his 18th birthday that he would be packing his bags with no place to go. Forgotten Angels luckily had scooped him up uh, on his 18th birthday and moved him onto their property. You know, I, 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 it kind of broke my heart sometimes to think of these stories that, you know, I'm sure all of us come from some sort of, you know, family, uh, but these kids have none of that. And on their 18th birthday, they don't have anything to look forward to except for packing their bags and leaving what they have known to be home uh, with no idea of where they're going. And Forgotten Angels brings them in. And I was talking to Cindy. She's the president. And she said, first thing we always do is buy them a birthday cake because they deserve to have a birthday on their 18th birthday. And uh, they give them a birthday cake and they give them a bed, uh, give them full belly and, and give them a place that they can call home because they don't have a home anymore. So... I, I said, you know, this motorcycle builds way bigger than me. So I'm going to partner with this organization and, and forget the money that I've invested into it um, because that's going to be my donation to them. So we're basically said that I'm going to give this motorcycle to them and we're going to raffle it off. And every penny that comes in 
is going to go to help those kids get a place that they can call home. That's awesome. That is, that's fantastic. There you go. Just another reason why this motorcycle community is so great. This is a great example, everybody. So I, I want everybody to know if you're out there, if you're in the motorcycle community, if you're a fan of FDB, let's rally around this. Let's, let's, uh, you know, let's help Jared out. So let everybody know, Jared, how they can donate to that charity or buy a raffle ticket or how can they help out? Sure, man. Uh, so if, if you're interested in the, in the raffle that we're doing for the motorcycle, uh, it's, it's as simple as a $25 donation. Uh, one ticket, uh, you'll get one ticket for $25. If you, if you want to do a generous donation of $100, you're going to receive a bonus ticket. So you get five tickets uh, for every $100 that you donate. The easy way to get the tickets is just go to my website, which is weemsmotorco.com. Uh, and then right at the top is a raffle tab. You click on that. It'll give you all of the, uh, the amazing prizes because it's not just the motorcycle. There's tons of other things that have been donated uh, in support to raise money for Forgotten Angels. But um, you can see all the rules, regulations. Um, you know, a lot of people are asking, you know, is it open for international bidders? What about shipping? All of that stuff is listed right there, um, and we're gonna we're gonna make sure that whoever wins this motorcycle is is going to receive something amazing. And uh, I don't want them to uh, walk away thinking that anybody that donated didn't receive something because I want everybody to know, even if you're just that guy that just has one raffle ticket, uh, that $25, man, it went to go put food on a table for some kid that doesn't have a home. Yeah, Jared had sent me a link through um, Instagram this week to a video and where he was on another, was it a podcast or a TV show? What was that, Jared? I don't know. I've been, <laughs> I've been on so much. It might've been a TV show. If I it think was, it was uh, a TV show and I watched the whole thing and I'm not going to lie. I got completely choked up and cried over that. That was, it was such wow. an amazing interview and just seeing those kids and everything. It was just, it's such an awesome cause. It really is. Yeah, you know, I, I just the whole process has been kind of, you know, serendipitous to me to see how things have just kind of fell into place, you know, just from initial idea of me wanting to build a motorcycle to go to California to board free, which has gotten canceled now. But uh, to see, you know, this thing turn into so much bigger than what I could ever have dreamed it to be. Um, you know, through the process, not only just building the relationship with the boys that are over at Forgotten Angels, I, I brought some to help work on the motorcycle, to do some of the assembly, uh, just building those relationships with those kids has, has been a blessing. But, you know, also the people in the motorcycle community that's that's reached out to me. And probably the biggest thing was, you know, having the opportunity to sit and talk on the phone with Jackie Mann, David Mann's wife and also his daughter. Um, just a big blessing to see that his heart is my heart. If a lot of people don't know, but David Mann, he actually adopted a son uh, when he was living here in Clearwater, Florida. And so I didn't know anything about that until after <laughs> everything had already kind of been laid on. So um, just to join with his heart um, has just been awesome. Really cool stuff. So why Triumphs? Why, why, why British? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say it probably, it probably goes back to that 1949 triumph of, of my dad's. Uh, that was kind of the first bike I remember as a kid uh, being around. And um, so when I joined the military in 2003, I was getting ready to roll out on my very first deployment to Iraq. And I went to my dad and I said, Hey dad, you know, if I make it back, 
from this deployment. I really want to find an old Triumph to uh, to work on and to build and to just kind of get myself into motorcycles again. And, and so when I came home from that very first deployment, my dad had actually, while I was gone, had bought a 1972 Triumph Bonneville that was completely restored. And he gave it to me as a gift for joining the military and serving my country and, and doing what I was doing. So it was, it was an amazing thing. So that kind of kickstarted me on Triumphs. And, you know, every motorcycle that I've owned personally has been a Triumph. I mean, I've had BSAs, uh, but they kind of come, come in my hands and go right away. Uh, and other brands of motorcycles and stuff. But the Triumphs kind of hold that dear place in my heart. That's kind of where I'm at. That's where my heart is. That's what I'm going to stick with. Well, they're, they're, they're beautiful motorcycles. I, I, I love them. Hey, do you, I, I, yeah, I got to have one. I got to have one. <laughs> I, will, I will make sure that you find one there, brother. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, you, buy a raffle ticket. You might end up with this one. Uh, I might. <laughs> I don't have to do any turning in wrenches, Tony. Well, well, I just I just looked this up. That's what a 1972 Triumph Bonneville looks like. That's pretty sweet. Hell yeah! yeah. Sweet. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I, I, I what what was sad was you know I was still a little bit young, but I took a completely restored motorcycle and turned it into a cafe racer, uh, which was still <laughs> amazing. But you know, it, I was like, eh, now I'm I'm a little bit older and wiser, and I can appreciate a, <laughs> an original or a restored motorcycle enough to not mess with it. Well, that's yeah. half the fun is messing with them. At least yeah. for me, I yeah, like it, it, part immediately. Well, <laughs> I get that, I get that. But when uh, there's there's a bike back here, the blue one, and you guys could probably see some of that stuff on Instagram. Uh, that Sorry. bike is a 1952 Triumph Thunderbird. Uh, and, uh, I got that from a guy's back porch and it had been sitting there for 10 years and it was in a motorcycle shop for another 40 years before that it's original paint. Um, and, uh, basically I, uh, Roland Sands put out a challenge when Corona kicked off. He said, we're going to do the coronavirus bike build off. And I said, you know what? I got this old 52 Thunderbird. Uh, I'd like to get it running. I don't want to restore it, but I just want to kind of get it back together. And so I took, I, I gave myself, put my foot in my mouth. I said, I'm going to give myself 14 days and I'm going to spend $0. I'm just going to use parts that I have in the garage. I'm going to use it like it's the apocalypse. You can't find parts at a swap meet. You got to use what you have in the garage. And dude, I took that thing from literally a frame and just the bottom end of the motor uh, to a running motorcycle, running riding motorcycle in 14 days. Wow. That's impressive. If I did that in my garage, you'd look like a snowblower. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, it was, it was uh, like I said, I stuck my foot in my mouth because, man, I when I busted those cases open, it was just full of rust. And you got to think, a 1952, that's almost 70 mm. years of that motorcycle just sitting there and um, trash inside of the motor because it didn't have a cylinder on it, none of that. All the trash was just falling down inside of the cases. It was, it was pretty bad. Looking back on it, I probably shouldn't have done it, but. I did it, so that's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really cool. I would have rolled out just like Ryan. Hey, what kind of motor is that? Toro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Toro. This is a, this Stratton. is a 1995 Cub Cadet. <laughs> <laughs> Do you build bikes to ride or bikes to look at? Oh man, that's. Uh, oh fuck, that's man. a hard. That's a tough question, man. <laughs> Bob, look at that one sitting behind him. <laughs> well, would you build a motorcycle you didn't want to look at? I mean, I guess that's the first thing. And I, I get stuck in this conundrum of like, 
it looks so amazing to look at like the the one i've built the david man replica it looks so amazing to just sit there i could just look at it as a piece of art you know i look at it as as working art you know something that's amazing that you could jump on it start it and go for a ride on it now what sucks about show bikes is you gotta keep them clean this motorcycle belongs to somebody else so i'm kind of babysitting it so i'm trying to take care of it make sure that it's uh uh ready to go for whoever wins it what's a condom what's a condom dumb (laughs) conundrum mike Mike said a condom dumb i think that's uh (laughs) wouldn't that be somebody that uh, had a vasectomy (laughs) <laughs> yes, it yeah, would. that's that's what i was trying to figure out is what what was a condom dumb <laughs> i think that might be the first guest that ever to ever took the uh, uh mike's word and defined it for us <laughs> yes it's crazy mike where are you from tennessee what part of tennessee maryville actually maryville. all right so yeah. i was talking to some of the guys earlier or, i grew up or right? marvel marvel if, if you're from better. Yeah, Yeah, Maryville, if you're from Tennessee. All right, so I grew up, talking about the old 49 Triumph, I grew up right on the Tennessee-Alabama state line. I was about two miles into Tennessee, just north of Florence, Alabama, which pretty close to uh, Columbia, between Columbia and Savannah, Tennessee, way down on the south there. Wow. You're a southern boy, too. The man doesn't live in Tennessee anymore. You're in Topeka, Kansas. Yeah. And he is on the North Pole. There's, yeah, there's, um, a, there's a lot of Southern people in this. <laughs> well, what, well, this is what's funny. I used to sound like Mike. Uh, Mike. I used to have that same deep draw, that Southern accent. And uh, so my wife, she's from here in Tampa. Uh, she used to pick on me like crazy for my accent. So I forced myself to lose my accent. But every time I go back home to Tennessee, literally I'm there for two days, it comes back and uh, it comes back <laughs> with a vendor. It just snaps back, doesn't it? It just, it, it's like a, it's like a damned old jock itch. It stays with you. <laughs> Ouch. Didn't Madonna yeah. do that when she moved to London? Like within two weeks, she, she got jock itch. <laughs> she got jock itch. <laughs> nice. Like at least, did. <laughs> at least your accent is at least your accent is cool. Mine just sounds like a dumbass Canadian. So, a that weird a pronunciation for those people up north. Yeah, do you, for sure. Do you wash or wash? I don't wash. <laughs> I wash. Mike washes. Yeah, Mike we washes. wash shit yeah. here in Kentucky too. Yeah, get out of it. Yeah, I, I don't wash. I don't wash shit. Shit gets flushed. So, <laughs> this is always a good one. Since you grew up north of Alabama in southern Tennessee, way down southern Tennessee, two miles into the southern Tennessee border, what is a toboggan? Oh man, it's a beanie. It's a cat. It's the the thing you wear on your head. Yes, <laughs> yes, toboggan. it is. You guys are all See? full of shit. You've never seen a toboggan in your entire life. It's used to go I'll... down a hill. No, that's a sled. <laughs> no, 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 no. A well, sled I'm, is a I'm snowmobile. Gonna... I'm going to pull well, up Google and type in toboggan. We're going to see what comes up first. Okay, do that. A fucking hat's going to come up. No, it's I not. I call it a beanie. It's a beanie hat. It's for wintertime. It's you called a put two- your toboggan on, toboggan on or your head's going to get cold. If, you're, if you have a toboggan on your head here, you're going to go to the ho- state hospital. <laughs> <laughs> how, the, how the fuck you spelled the toboggan? D-O-G-G-A-N. Okay. All right. That's what come up first. A goddamn sled. 
Exactly. Uh, <laughs> well, Google's wrong. Google is wrong. I was lied three to, against three. My mama lied to me my whole life. <laughs> we just we were so southern. We dropped the tuh at the beginning. Just called it a bargain. A bargain. I, yeah, I've called it a bargain too. That's where the alligators live by Mary. <laughs> so that was the, whenever I first moved to the Midwest, I went into a Dick's Sporting Goods and it was the first problem. It was yeah. wintertime. Well, never it go was into a, a dick. It was, uh, you know, <laughs> there it is. Straight up the urethra. <laughs> oh, that causes kidney stones you know they shove like ice picks and q-tips and everything up in there it's crazy it <laughs> toothpicks but so whenever i first moved Jesus. to kansas <laughs> i first moved to kansas city i walked into dicks and <laughs> first i was dicks. first i was surprised <laughs> He's like, then, just as long as you don't back into dicks. <laughs> right. Right. Once I gained once I gained my composure, I asked I asked the girl, hey, where's the your dog? <laughs> yeah. Otherwise known as a transsexual. Oh God, this can't make the podcast. Oh God. <laughs> but I but I asked I asked her. Dustin's gone. Dustin's gone. I mean, he completely broke Dustin up. He's out. Well, I asked, I asked her where the toboggans were, and she said, well, they're probably back with the rest of the sleds. And I said, no, I'm talking about something to keep my head warm. And she said, a what? And I said, a toboggan. She had no clue. Out in the Midwest, they don't call them toboggans. They call them winter hats. Well, they're wrong. <laughs> Obviously, they've never been to the South, because if you live in the South, you wear them when you skateboard in the middle of summer. Yeah, that's right. Yep, skateboard or BMX. One yeah. of the two. You ride, a, you ride a bike or a board. I'm, I'm sorry. Every time you kept saying you were walking into a dick's, all I could imagine was Tony getting the dong in the forehead. And I had the dong a phone. If Tony walks into the big and tall section, he'll get a dong. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that, bell, that bell goes off every time. <laughs> Ding Ooh. dong. This went sideways. We were, we were talking about good shit, and it just, what happened? Mike okay. walked into a dick. That's what happened. <laughs> well, no, I asked him what a condom dumb was. <laughs> That's what it got it all started. We are hey, all I like those, I like those. here. So anyway, so Triumph Motorcycles. Love them. It's good shit. It's not a Harley. It is anything, not a Harley. It, Anything that's not a Harley, I'm okay with. Sweet. So how many of you guys ever rode a bike with a right-hand shift? I have not. Negative. No. Mm -hmm. Negative Ghost Rider. So my bikes are, my shifters are on the right side, the correct side. The, the where's right your brake? Side, on the left side. So it's just ass backwards then? No, you're ass backwards. <laughs> my shifter is on the right side. Hey, there's a reason they were on the right first. Well, that's because yeah, they ride absolutely. on the wrong side great... of the road over there. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. So I was, I was uh, on a, I was on an interview. I can't remember who what it was, but we we're talking about this. So basically, um, so Harley Davidsons were right foot shift up until uh, seventy one. I think was the last year. 
And um, they uh, were getting their butts kicked by Triumphs and BSA, all the British bikes in flat track racing, because when you're flat tracking your left hand turning, your right foot is able to still shift gears. So Harley was getting ticked off at Triumph and all of these British bikes because they were beating them. And uh, so they went to the AMA and said, hey, we're going to change this rule because Harley Davidson are going to switch our shifters to the left hand side. So you can't shift anymore. So that's going to put Triumph out of the, the runnings to be able to compete in these, these races. So they did that and kicked Triumph and all these British bikes out. So Harley took back over the flat track scene up until, you know, forever. Triumph didn't switch over to right foot shift until 76. See, that's why you got to watch out for Harley. They're sneaky fuckers. <laughs> yes, they are. And they can only win by cheating. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, here we go. Well, <laughs> Because they ride Dinas, right? They're on the dyna. Well, they were, if you rode a dyna, you'd get the wobbles, and you wouldn't make it through the race anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the yeah, warbles. Or wobbles? The warbles. 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 <laughs> that damn damn bike is cattywampus. Are you following the Five Dirty Bikers on social media? Find us on Facebook and like us on Instagram and Twitter at Five Dirty Bikers. Jared, go ahead and let everybody know where can we find you on social. Oh yeah, sure. So uh, most of my big stuff is done through Instagram. That's weemsmotorco.tampa. And everybody always asks me, Weems, how's that spelled? It's just W-E-E-M as in Mike S Motor, M-O-T-O-R-C-O dot Tampa. Uh, and then uh, obviously over on Facebook also. Uh, so those are my two main social media platforms. And then we have the, the website, weemsmotorco.com. All right, Discord friends, FDB's about to answer your questions. Make sure you head over to 5DirtyBikers.com and click the link on the homepage to visit our Discord and become a member. All right, so we're going to kick over. We've got a couple of Discord questions for Jared tonight. The first one is from Yakov. Is that how y'all say that? All <laughs> 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 giggle. Yakov. Yakov. Um, okay, so he says, how do you go about beginning a restoration of a classic motorcycle? How would you recommend the layperson learn how to do that? And he says it's always been a dream of his to purchase and restore a classic bike, and he has no clue where to begin. Oh man, yeah, that's 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 actually an amazing question because that's kind of where my bread and butter is at. Is I love taking bikes that are derelict, left for parts, and putting them together. So uh, I would say the first thing, if it's your first restoration, uh, find something that is running and riding, uh, just because you know you can only improve upon that. If if you're looking at doing something like like I do, man, I, I take bikes from the 40s and 50s and 60s and just take pieces uh, and put them together to make them work it, you have to have a, a a really a really good knowledge base as far as what you're getting into uh because you know even with these triumphs some years they change different things from year to year and some parts are interchangeable for 20 years so i would say you know make sure that you do your research for whatever project you're looking to get into uh, obviously British vintage British bikes, uh, you can't just go down to your local parts store and, you know, pull apart. Um, these things you're going to have to scour, you know, swap meets or internet and everything all the way through, you know, looking overseas to find parts. If you're missing certain things, different brands have more availability parts than, than other brands do. So, and it all comes down to 
what your budget is. Cause if you have an unlimited budget, you can do whatever you want. But if you're only talking about working on something that's, you know, you only have a couple grand and I'm going to say, don't go for British bikes. Don't go for Harleys. Uh, find you a nice cool old Honda, a nice cool old Yamaha or Kawasaki and, and get your hands dirty doing that stuff. Jared, I got a question. Um, have you ever gone through the whole process where you kind of sketched out an idea and built from that? So, yeah, actually, I had an amazing opportunity um, when I was stationed in Virginia, uh, just on the south side of Richmond. I worked with Atom Bomb Custom Cycles, which is Clay Rathburn. And uh, while there, uh, we did full-out custom builds. We built our own frames from scratch. Uh, we did a lot of motor modifications, uh, taking a lot of bits and pieces from uh, different brands of motorcycles and incorporating them into you know, a custom built frame from scratch. Uh, we even took, uh, built all of our own sheet metal, hand hammered our tanks and uh, fenders and stuff like that. So I've been to that process um, and have experience and, and knowledge in doing that. Uh, I'm kind of in this niche now where uh, I'm really enjoying vintage restorations. Let's say, you know, taking a motorcycle that was customized in the 50s or 60s and recreating it nowadays. And that's kind of what I did with this David Mann replica uh, is to say, all right, what was the resources that these guys had? And I want to do the way they did and not use the, the modern technology, not use the MIG welders, the TIG welders. You know, it's kind of scary and sad to say some of these things that these guys were doing back in the 60s and 70s were, you know, what I would consider death traps. Um, there's some things that I will not do and I refuse to do is taking a blowtorch and, and raking the neck of a motorcycle and using a coat hanger and a blowtorch to weld it back together. That's not safe. <laughs> so I will not do those things. Uh, but I, I enjoy saying, all right, well, this guy that in the 60s and 70s, he had these tools in his garage. He didn't have a mill. He didn't have a lathe. He didn't have, you know, all of these things that we do now. How would he have done it? So I, I tend to think kind of digressive of how to engineer things the way they used to do it. Yeah, that's a good segue into the next question because Chris, I think his first name is Chris, um, on here, he's my Dunlife. He says, is there any other David Mann bikes you would like to replicate? Oh, yeah. So so the story goes is uh, through my race when I the original centerfold, um, it, it was a super sun-faded picture. Um, not black and white, but like, brown and white it was so sun faded so i did this i started trying to figure out which magazine it actually came out of and um, through that i got in touch with easy rider magazine and iron horse magazine which david mann did all of his centerfolds for and uh, through that i started building a database i got in this weird little niche of like let me see what david mann was doing throughout his career and uh, his very first centerfold was october of 1973 for easy rider magazine so I just started looking every magazine. I got on eBay, got on the internet and just started searching every month of each year and building this database of all of his centerfolds. And that's when I discovered that David Mann only did two triumphs his whole career that he painted two triumphs. Uh, I recreated this one, which was from July of 1983. It was featured in Iron Horse magazine. And his, uh, his other triumph that he had painted was actually the very first painting that he had ever painted. Um, it was a painting called Hollywood Run. It's a group of motorcycles going up a, a, up a hill in, with the Los Angeles cityscape behind them and the, the Hollywood sign in the background. 
the third motorcycle in that stack of motorcycles going up the hill is actually a Triumph. I am actually building that motorcycle right now also. Um, what's cool about that bike, because it was like third back in the stack, um, it leaves a lot more open to interpretation. It's not as detailed as this one was. So I kind of have uh, a little bit of freedom to, to work around uh, some different options that I didn't have on this one because this one was so detailed. Yes, so that's that's the panhead. That's the very first one it's in green. the stack. That's the Harley Davidson panhead. If you look just to the right of that one is a red motorcycle, and that is the Triumph. There you go. Has two headlights, big 18-inch ape hangers. Uh, it's got a red frame and a red rear fender. Uh, the hardest thing about that so far, sourcing the parts, uh, I'm going to be using a 1957 Triumph TR6. Yeah, that's it. 57 TR6 uh, motor, pre-unit motor. The, the hardest thing has been is the tank on that one uh, because there's not been, I haven't been able to find anything that pre-exists and once again, I don't want to build it from scratch uh, because I want to do what, you know, that guy had did in that painting. And so what I've actually found is a Jawa 40 moped tank uh, that is very similar that I'm going to be fabricating to, to work as the tank on that bike. But that painting was the actual very first painting that David Mann ever painted. Uh, so I'm going to recreate that bike and that's going to be kind of, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not going to give that bike away. <laughs> That's going to be my <laughs> Hang on to that one. It's going to yeah. be your labor of love. It's sort of like children. <laughs> it is. You know, you, uh, you know I, I love my kids. I got a 13-year-old son, and, and he's awesome. He has autism. Uh, so it's a blessing to kind of hang out with him and, and do things that interest him, which is not motorcycles. Um, but my daughter, she's 11 years old, and, and I can't jump on my bike without her running out to the garage saying, let's go for a ride. And so, um, yeah, so motorcycles are very much like kids. There's um, When I went through my brain tumor and uh, in, in epilepsy season, I sold everything that I had except for my dad's 1966 Triumph Bonneville, which is just back to the right. Um, and that's the only thing I kept just because it, it's, it's a family member. So that, that thing will never go anywhere. There's been plenty of bikes that I've built um, that have been in magazines and stuff that, you know, kind of have seller's remorse. I would love to have them back, but what's great is I stay in, I stay in contact with each and every one of those owners and saying, you know, Hey, how's the bike doing? Do you need any service work or <laughs> you want to sell it back? <laughs> <laughs> You sound like a businessman, but at the same time, it comes off like you're a creeper. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dustin, hey, you can I uh, get my motorcycle? <laughs> yeah. Hey, where's my scooter? Hey, uh, Dustin, you uh, you can relate with Mister Weems on that as well. Yeah, Jared, I have a I have a six year old um, on the spectrum too, so I know exactly where you're coming from. They have they have interests that. Um, they almost get obsessed with, you know, it's, it's, it's like their own thing, but he's a, he's an amazing kid. I, I wouldn't have him any other way. He's awesome. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, as parents of, of special needs kids, man, it's, it's tough because oftentimes the things that they're interested in, they're so deep into it. That's it's over consumed them. Uh, I have to say sometimes like motorcycles for me, but how can I, you know, associate with my, you know, he's 13 years old. So it's like, you know, that's, 
prime age to spend time with your kids um, before they start hating you. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's it's getting close because I have a, a 14, 16, and 20-year-old, and it happens around 14 they join the, 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 the gang and they don't want anything to do with you anymore. It's like, yeah, Dad, I mean, drop me off here. Yeah, they, you know? but my man, it's it's super cool, me and my son – Obviously, he's into, you know, video games and electronics and tech and stuff. And I'm like, oh, man, I could I could barely uh, work a NES <laughs> controller, <laughs> much less these new finagled systems that they're playing. But it was about a month ago. or no, it was a little bit over a month. Back, back at the beginning of the summer, I said, you know what? I'm going to make it a point to connect with my son. And because he's into video games, I'm going to have to be that parent who joins him where he's at. And uh, so I said, you know, I told him, I was like, we're going to buy a video game and it's going to be our game only. Neither one of us can play it without the other person playing at the same exact time. And like an idiot, I didn't do any research. And I, I was like, oh, there's this new game coming out. It's called Cuphead. It has this really cool 1930s illustration. I was like, it's vintage look and I can dig that. And man, this is the most difficult game in the <laughs> world. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's horrible, but we have a time because, you know, when we do like do something good, you know, it's all about high fives and having a good time. So it's been, obviously he's way better than I am, but it's been, a, it's been a blast through the summer doing that with him. Yeah. The it's one thing idea. that I, one thing I can re- relate with my boy, you know, I, I've got the bike and everything and he's really obsessed with car gauges right now. And you know, there's one, there's one on oh, Harley cool. out in the garage. So every time we go out there, he wants to see it. So I let him sit on the seat and he looks at, you know, the gauge he wants goes 160. I go, I haven't had it that fast, buddy, but I'll try. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because man, I'm, I, I'm all about building relationships and, and I love giving gifts. That's kind of like a, you know, my thing that kind of gives me like the energy to go day to day. It's just like what I'm doing with this David man bike. Yeah. And uh, I want to get your information and I want to send your son some cool gauges. He'd love that. Definitely. Yeah, man. That cool would be stuff. awesome. What's hey, what, what was the name of the, um, the charity so, that yeah, we donate uh, to and stuff? Yeah, so if you want to do the raffle tickets, it's through my uh, – you just go to weansmotorco.com uh, forward slash raffle, and it'll, that's where you get the tickets through. But okay. The organization is called Forgotten Angels. And uh, if, uh, if you guys – you know, if you're not a motorcycle person and you're listening to this or watching it and you say, hey, I just want to donate to them because they're doing something awesome, I don't want to win the motorcycle, uh, you can go to their website, which is forgottenangelsflorida.org. And that's all spelled out, ForgottenAngelsFlorida.org. They have a, a donation uh, button right up at the top. Yeah, they're, they're all the time, you know, needing resources, needing volunteers. If you're local to Tampa area, you know, if you, you work in a business saying, hey, I'm a plumber, I you know, want to come out and provide some resources. Um, what they have is a 12-acre property here on the outskirts of Tampa. And on this 12-acre uh, property, they have um, tiny homes that they've built these, these boys to be able to live in, to have a place that they call home. And so they're constantly needing help out there on the property with building and doing things. Uh, but it's super great. You know, the, the raffle's been a blessing. Uh, it's been a really big push for them to get a lot of publicity. Uh, we've been on TV. We've been on several podcasts. We were just in, in a magazine this past month. I, I just want to give a big shout out to to some of the people that has come along supporting us. And number one with that was 
uh, Bill from Biltwell uh, Industries. He, he donated a helmet, one of the helmets that's been painted to the same color scheme as the motorcycle. Nice. Uh, that's one of the, the giveaway prizes. Uh, Tyler from Lowbrow Customs, he's jumped on board and given like a $500 package of things. And then, um, and then the, uh, the fourth place prize is going to be a, a prize package from the official David Mann store and Weems Motor Co. A bunch of t-shirts and hats and swag and stuff. So big shout out for them to, to come alongside of us and, and really put some um, meat behind this project. I always like those Grinjo helmets. That's a, that's the same model that that they they donated. So it's a, the Gringo Spectrum. I couldn't see any other helmet being worn while riding that bike behind you. Yep, it's a perfect it's a perfect fit. I got it, two it, Gringos right behind me. Nice. So if you guys out there listening to this podcast heard what Jared just said, we want you to get out there and support what he's doing and what this this uh, charity is doing and, and, and support the forgotten angels. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I really think that this is a, an amazing cause and I would really like to see the uh, FDB community rally around this and show Jared some support. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And let and they, us know if you do, we'll post it up on our Instagram page. Yep. Yeah. And what I tell you, you know, I talked about it earlier. If you're just that one person that buys one ticket, you know, you're, you're automatically a winner because you've invested into these kids. Uh, but the raffle is going, it goes all the way through March 19th, uh, which is the week after bike week. Uh, so essentially we have about five months left in the, in the, the raffle time. I know that's a, an extended time, but I wanted to, to take as much time as we possibly could to raise as much uh, awareness and as much funds for Forgotten Angels as possible. So my challenge to a lot of people is buy one ticket a month. I mean, 25 bucks, save yourself that, that trip to, to McDonald's uh, and just buy a raffle ticket because you have the opportunity to win, you know, one of these four incredible prizes. The, the one thing I didn't mention was with the motorcycle, uh, you're going to receive uh, a limited edition print number one of the actual David Mann painting uh, that Easy Riders and the, the Mann family have uh, graciously decided to re-release in support of what we're doing. So you'll receive the, uh, the print and the motorcycle for the first prize and the helmet second prize, the Lowbrow Customs Package third, and the Ween Motor Co. David Mann uh, collection uh, prize number four. That's, so a hefty, that's a hefty damn haul. That's that is a good haul. So just just one less Starbucks a week, and you can buy a, one ticket a month. So all you fuckers drinking your coffee every day, <laughs> go out there and buy a ticket. Put your coffee down. Go Better buy, go a buy some Maxwell House. That's right. Go buy some <laughs> Maxwell House. Make your own damn coffee and go buy go buy a ticket. I was going to say too, if Tony has to go buy McDonald's for his family, he's got to bring a Benjamin. I sure do, man. It's a hell of a crew I got. Put the White yeah. Castle down, Tony. Just buy a ticket. Oh, that's it, man. That might be so where the line is drawn. <laughs> yeah, so I've got a I've got a few events coming up over the next few weeks. Um, so this coming Saturday, which is September the fifth, I'm not sure when this will air, but. September the 5th, we're going to be at the Webster Swaparama. It's a big swap meet here in Florida. It's Florida's largest motorcycle swap meet. So I'm going to be set up there with the motorcycle and, and the merchandise booth and stuff. So you guys can put your eyes on the motorcycle, see it. Um, and then the 18th through the 20th, I'm going to be in, at the Trail of Tears up in Alabama, uh, a little town called Waterloo, Alabama. And I'm going to be up there for three days with the motorcycle 
and you can buy tickets. You can either buy tickets online through the website, or you can buy tickets face-to-face, -face, however you want to do it. And then September the 24th, we're going to be at the Ace Cafe in Orlando. Uh, a lot of my good friends, which are mutual friends with you guys, Blockhead, Sage Surgeon, Flipna, a lot of these YouTubers uh, who are in the motorcycle community are going to be uh, uh, putting together a big event there at the Ace Cafe to be able to uh, support Forgotten Angels and raise as much awareness as we possibly can. Nice. That's, That's cool. awesome. Yeah. Hey, who said something? Who said something? Dude, you got to take that fucking wig off, man. You look like George Michael. <laughs> I'm awesome. telling you, all we need is a BSA jacket on there. Richard Marks. Yeah. Ooh. Richard Marks. This is a good one. Richard Marks. That's it. <laughs> is this love <laughs> that I'm feeling? Didn't he sing that? I, I think so. No idea, but you sang it, and that's awesome. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> this all day <laughs> yeah sure badge of bone oh my, oh my god. god um spelling is v-a-g <laughs> that would be badge yep Up, upside down e b a with the two dots up above it <laughs> n d Deep. Yeah. Line for, across. For, for Starkeels <laughs> is Vag Schwa boned. <laughs> All right, Mike, you've completely lost me on this one. Usually I can figure it out, but You I gotta you gotta what you hey. All right, all right. Hey baby, we're taking this slow. <laughs> <laughs> cue, the, cue the music. Cue the music. This, this is probably the one that I've actually figured out. All the rest of them, nope. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm this always word lost. Is. Um, it's a noun, and it comes from Latin. No, no, no time frame though, so I don't know when it was done. Comes from ladies? Is that what you said? Latin. <laughs> oh, when it was done. Latin. 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 Oh. It comes from Latin. No year. It's timeless. First definition is. Damn it. Hello. <laughs> Avon calling. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. They're, they're phoning it in. They're like, hmm. Hang on. Are you still, sto are you still stocked on Clinique facial cream? <laughs> Line of cue. Mm hmm. <laughs> Balls Deep Garage, everybody. Uh, <laughs> right beside Dick's Sporting or, Goods. Or, 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 right since, next to Dick's. or since you have mechanics, should it be nuts deep? <laughs> I can straight up tell you, either way, 
It's like trying to put a dog in a bathtub. <laughs> Get serious. His core temperature was going up. First Why you said his squirt temperature? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Sorry. You've now been baptized by the five dirty bikers, Jared. That's all good. It's all good. First, <laughs> first definition is one who travels from place to place and does not have a perm- permanent perm be a permanent home. Yeah. She loose. loose. I got it now. I know what the Second. word is now, damn it. Nope. You all right. Second definition is now remember we're talking about vagabond. <laughs> A person, whether by choice or necessity, lives a nomadic lifestyle <laughs> on the road. <laughs> That's a badger bone, all right. <laughs> it's, it's something. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if it's like the travelocity gnome. <laughs> he comes to a divorce to get a tea. <laughs> that uh travelocity gnome could do something with that uh, hat with the vagabone oh that's what hey that's the reason he's got a pointy hat that's a that's sly I'm fucker yeah <laughs> yep. he's a he's a smart dude and he's small so you just have to stand on his tippy toes and he'd be right there no she could just sit right down <laughs> <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, he's British too. <laughs> well, that's the gecko lizard. <laughs> or he's Australian. I don't know. <laughs> hey, uh, Mr. Uh, Weems, would yes, you sir. like for me, would, would you like to hear Vag abound in a sentence? I what would you... absolutely love to hear that. Okay. Hey, what, what are you doing, Mary? She she just had uh, one of those gnomes from her website. Oh, nope. shit. Continue. Go ahead. Do you have a gnome? Nope. That wears that, that's wearing a Pornhub shirt or a red tube shirt. <laughs> Neither one. Oh, um, you porn then or X hamster? <laughs> oh my god! Just god continue damn, with porn Mike. today, <laughs> dude. I know what you do in your time out time at home. <laughs> well. What'd you yeah. say about hamsters? <laughs> How did hamsters get involved in this? <laughs> hey, no hamsters were harmed in the making of this word of the day. God. Everybody, examples of vagaboned in a sentence. He considered himself a modern day vagaboned. <laughs> Uncon-constrained. Con- by society's rules. He's a porn star. <laughs> I thought your face would say uncircumcised. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Continue. Jesus. Mm. Just, um, just just highly mm. inappropriate. That was that was <laughs> gross. <laughs> highly second, inappropriate. Second example. <laughs> Would be life as a vagabond isn't easy, <laughs> but it can be adventurous. 
<laughs> oh man. <sighs> oh. That's hey, speaking of Geico, that's sort of like what they call a lot lizard. <laughs> what? Uh, oh gosh. Right at, right <laughs> Mike is Mike is the line stepper. Uh, he will just straight jump over a line. I thought he said wow. the lock lizard, like uh, the Loch Ness monster or something. No, lot. L O T. Lot. Okay. I I think Jared actually has a red face now. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 brutal right there, man. <laughs> them, she said. Those vagabones, them those vagabones jump from truck to truck and travel the country. They do. Yeah. Do they drink hot dog water too? No. I, th- <laughs> I, think, they, I think they just drink hot dogs. <laughs> oh God. Have you guys seen the painting that I based the motorcycle off of? Yes. I have and not. Has, oh my gosh. It's, it's a, the motorcycle sitting in front of a hot dog stand called Doggone Hot Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it's got three girls. Oh, that's perfect. Ain't <sighs> Mary drinking her hot dog water every week at the podcast. So it's wiener you, water. Wiener, well, hot dog water, wiener water, call well, it what you like. <laughs> That's and that has been the word of the day. <laughs> you're you're going to have to ask Jared about the hot dogs, Mike. Since since we're talking about the hot dog water, okay. Yeah, he's from the south. I know. Yeah. I know. I, I know. So Jared, I know that. Uh, I know you live in Texas. See how I changed my voice up there. I can actually talk like I'm educated. I, I, I know that you were born and raised in the South. Do, do you have any gas stations, family-owned and operated gas stations around you that still have a deli in them? Holy cow, dude. I was literally just talking to somebody today, and they were talking about a bologna sandwich and my mind literally went to the little corner, or not even a corner, just a little country store where you could walk in, and they had the deli slicer, and you could get your bologna sliced as thick as you want it, and you get like a half-inch thick bologna sandwich. It was awesome. What what comes on a hot dog? I, is this an innuendo? <laughs> no, 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 no. At that same deli. Depends where you on could the situation. Get, where, how hungry they are. <laughs> At that same uh, deli, well, you mean, could get a sandwich made, and you could also have them fix you hot dogs. What all generally came on a hot dog? Well, actually, at this store, you could have a hot dog. They would make you a hot dog sandwich. You'd take flat piece of bread. They would take two hot dogs, slice them down the middle so they actually folded out flat, and you yeah. put them in the sandwich. But you would just put uh, – man, I never did them. I always did the bologna, but I think my, my dad used to get – this may be wrong, but I think mayo. Okay. So most most of your, your mom and pop stores that have a deli in them will have hot dogs, and you can generally buy three of them or used to be able to buy three of them for $1.50 or $2 or even a dollar if they were really cheap. I don't know. Have you ever had convenience store hot dogs that were prepared behind a counter for you? No. I personally know. No, but I've done the ones out of the little Turner things, you know. And No, yeah, this is the ones there. in the hot dog water behind the counter. <laughs> uh, behind the counter wieners. Uh, yeah, floating okay. in the water. The old yeah. water wiener. <laughs> so what would you get on yours? 
Mustard, chili, and onion. Definitely. Yes. Holy cow. I grew up, we would take a, a flat, and this is backwards, Tennessee. You take a flat piece of bread, but you would fold it so it made like a triangle, put a hot dog in there, put chili on it, onions, and mustard. Boom. Dude, seriously. Done. Yeah. Oh, trust that's me, best, I, I'm that's with the you, best buddy. One. You don't get any waste that way. You're not I filling still up use on bread. The bread. When we have hot dogs at, at the house, my kids all use buns, but I use bread. They're like, why do you do that? I said, it's better. You look like you just hold the wiener in your hand. Well, I mean, I grew up <laughs> eating it on a piece of bread. We didn't have, you know, we didn't use buns either. Right. Like that, it's like that scene in Bachelor Party. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the foot log. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's where the whole hot dog thing came from is because I swear to God, I'm the only person that ever got hot dogs fixed at the BP gas station or the 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 Philip 66 that was down the street from my house, it, you know, because I did, like I don't I hate going into a convenience store or a store with the deli and having to fix my own damn food. Not only am I going to pay you more for it, but then I have to <laughs> fix my own food. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's Man, why I they tease me about hot dog water because they think my green tea looks like piss. Her old, her green tea in that bottle looks like the water that you get out of those out of those little bins that they keep the hot dogs in. So it's, it's the hot dog water. So we always ask her about her hot dog water. She's drinking every week. Water. Yeah, yeah. If Ryan, if he goes into the come and go and asks for behind the counter wieners, it'll be totally different. <laughs> yep. <situation. Dude. laughs> Same with the pump and munch. So they actually have convenience stores where they're at called the Come and Go and Pump and Munch. Wow. Yes, I, I'm not. Wow. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not going in that store. Well, Tony. Okay. Perfect. Okay. We're gonna. We're <laughs> gonna. We're gonna figure this out. <laughs> All right. You're out of gas. You're out. You're, you're running on fumes, and you stop right in between two gas stations. You got Come and Go, and you got Pump and Munch, and the only ones within 30, 40 miles. Where do you go? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll just say this. It, no, no, no. Let him answer. I want to hear this. I'm thinking I'm walking to the next gas station. <laughs> right, everybody, thanks for joining us on this episode of the Five Dirty Bikers Podcast. Please go check out Jared's Instagram at weemsmotorco.tampa and his website at weemsmotorco.com. Jared, thank you for being on with us tonight. It's a pleasure to meet you, talk to you, and get to know what you're doing with this beautiful motorcycle you got there behind you. And what the cause it's going for it's truly amazing thank you guys for having me out it's been a it's been a blast hanging out with you guys tonight it, it's definitely different <laughs> I, I loved it you know it's like one of the, the highlight podcasts of my life right here this is it keep it dirty riders we'll see you next time on the fdb podcast